As we prepare to receive God's word, let us pray. Our Lord and our God, now as we hear your word, fill us with your spirit. Soften our hearts that we may delight in your presence. Sharpen our minds that we may discern your truth. Shape our wills that we may desire your ways. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our first reading is from the book of Romans, chapter 4, verses 13 through 25. Listen for the word of the Lord. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of all of us, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said. So numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words, it was reckoned to him, were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading today comes to us from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the ones who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and all the persons who they had acquired in Haran. And they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem to the Oak of Morah. And there at the time the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on by the stars toward the Negev. 
This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. It seems that so many great stories start with a journey. Whether it's Lord of the Rings with Frodo and Samwise stepping out of the Shire heading towards Mount Doom, or it's the Grapes of Wrath with Tom Joad and his family leaving Oklahoma in the Dust Bowl going to California looking for greener pastures. So many great stories start with a journey, start with people stepping out, people leaving the place that they are. And today's story begins a great journey. Today we have Abram leaving his land and setting out to start what becomes a huge dynasty. All three major religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, all trace their roots to Abraham. They're all known as the Abrahamic traditions. Because we all look to Abram or Abraham as the father of our faith. Last week we talked about Noah and the flood and settling after the flood. And today we skip ahead ten generations. If we skip nine generations, we land on Abram's father, Terah. And Terah lived in the land of Ur for many years, had three sons, one of which was Abram, who were all probably born in Ur. And then he moved to Haran. And while living in Haran, his oldest son died. His middle son married his oldest son's daughter. And uh, Abram took in Lot, his oldest son's son, and adopted him. Now, Terah built up a huge estate. It was, uh, think of a, a plantation, think of uh, someone who lots of ground, lots of crops, very wealthy. So Lot and his brother, or uh, Abram and his brother were set for life. But then God appears to Abram and says, Abram, I want you to go from this place to the place that I will show you. Leave your family Leave most of your possessions, leave your land, and set out. So Abram packs up a few things. He takes his wife Sarai, takes his nephew Lot, takes his slaves and a few possessions, and sets out. And he travels through many different places. There are two things I want to lift up about Abram. And the first is the thing that he is best known for, and that is his faithfulness. Here he's living the life of luxury. Here he has everything he wants in Haran. And God appears to him, and he sets out for literally God knows where. Can you imagine the faith that that took? To leave the life of luxury, to live on the road, to travel to go to who knows where, to go to Canaan, where the Canaanites live, to live in a tent uh, west of Bethel, 
to go where you have no protections, no income, no family. I think about the times in my life when I set out, when I graduated high school, went to college, when I failed out of college, moved back home, and then moved into my first apartment, when I went to college again, when I went to seminary, when I went to Illinois, when I came here to Maryland. And all these times I left the life that I'd built to go to a new place, to build a new life. And it was scary. Each of those times, I remember having anxiety, having fear. Is this the right thing? Am I making the right choice? I can only imagine how Abram felt. But Abram was in a a more dire situation than I was. In my society, if I'd moved here, if I'd moved to Illinois, if I'd gone to seminary, when I went to college and, and it didn't work out, and I was a, you know, if I was a miserable failure... I had friends and family that could take me in. I had a support system in place. I had a safety net to catch me if I fell. But Abram had none of that. He was leaving his family behind. He was going to wild and dangerous lands. The worst thing that would happen to me is as an adult, I'd have to move back in with my parents. For Abram, he could have faced death capture, enslavement. Where I was feared, filled with anxiety, Abram must have been terrified. But if you picture one of those old scales, you have fear on one hand and faith on the other. In Abram's situation, the faith outweighed the fear. And so he's able to step out in faith. He's able to make those first few steps to leave the land that he called home. To go to the place that God would show him. To go to where only God knows where. It's no wonder that he's lifted up in both testaments and in three different religions as a paramount of faith. As someone to be looked up to. God appears to him and says, go and he goes. The other thing that I want to lift up about Abram is not quite as obvious. But it's that Abram becomes kind of a mirror. God says, those who bless you will be blessed, and the one that curses you will be cursed. Whatever Abram receives reflects back on those that he interacts with. And on one hand, this is kind of human nature. If someone's sharp with you, if someone's short with you, if someone's mean to you, it's going to put you in a bad mood and you might be mean right back to them or you might be grumpy with the next person you encounter. If someone's overly nice to you, well, it's going to put you in a good mood and you're going to be nice to the next person. It's kind of like when you go through Starbucks or McDonald's or you read about this where the person pays it forward every once in a while. Someone will say, well, I'm going to pay for the person behind me. And then that next person does the same thing. And the next person does the same thing. The first person is a blessing. And that blessing reflects back. But this is more than that. This is more than just human nature. This is God saying, those that bless you will be blessed. And the one that curses you will be cursed. 
that we don't see what this looks like. We don't see this in action. I think the idea of being a mirror is important. Because we have to ask ourselves, what do we reflect? More importantly, we have to ask ourselves, when we look in the mirror, what do we see? When we see our actions reflected on us, do we see a blessing or a curse? When we look at the effect that we have on our friends, our family, our congregation, our community, is it something we can be proud of or is it something that we are ashamed of? Do we see positivity or negativity reflected back to us? Do we see a blessing or a curse? What do we see when we look in the mirror? There's one word in this passage that really brought the whole thing into focus for me. And that's Haran, the land where Abram lived. And I never realized this. I never dove really deep into the Hebrew before. But when I was doing my planning retreat, I stumbled upon this, that Haran in Hebrew means crossroads. Abram was at the crossroads. And we all come to crossroads in our lives. There are times in our lives when we are forced to make decisions. There are times in our lives when we might feel a call, when we might have to decide something that's going to change the course. We could go this way or this way or continue the way we're going. Often it feels like these decisions are made gradually. I didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to seminary. But I felt that, that nagging whisper in the back of my mind for a long time. And I talked to people I trusted. I talked to my, my wife. I talked to my pastor. I talked to people in my Sunday school class. I talked to my parents. But there was one point when I had to decide, am I going to ignore this or am I going to follow this call? Life is nothing but a series of crossroads. One after another, we come to points where we have to make a decision. And when we come to that decision, we have to decide if we're going to be like Abram and let our faith outweigh uh, our fear, or we're going to continue on the status quo. And these could be small decisions. We could feel called to step out of our comfort zone. Megan was liturgist today for the first time ever. And she says she wasn't, but I could tell she was a little nervous beforehand. And she did a great job. But she felt called to step out of her comfort zone. And she let her faith outweigh her fear. And she served as liturgist. Or it might be moving across country. It might be moving to another country. It might be launching a new ministry. It could be any number of things. But we have those points in our lives when we come to a point where we feel a call and we have to decide, is fear going to rule or is faith going to rule? We have to decide which direction we're going to go. And when we travel on that path, we have to decide what kind of mirror are we going to be? Are we going to see when we look in the mirror uh, blessings or curses, positivity or negativity? Are we going to see God's light reflecting back at us? Or are we going to see just ourselves? 
Yesterday, I decided that it was time for a very important moment in Hannah's life. Now, regretfully, I was wrong. She wasn't quite ready for it, but we sat down. We expected a rainy afternoon, so we went to the grocery store and we bought M&Ms and popcorn, and we decided it's we. I decided. Heather had nothing to do with it. <laughs> there was time to introduce her to Star Wars. And we made it about 20 minutes, but I wrote this part of the sermon before I knew we were thinking we'd make it all the way through. And it's not that she didn't like it. She was fascinated by the 20 minutes she watched. But then, you know, there's a puppy, there's crayons, there's something else. There's, you know, the attention span of a five-year-old is about my attention span. Um, but in, if you're familiar with the movie Star Wars, Han Solo is a scoundrel, a smuggler. He's a small-time criminal. And he falls in with the good guys, as I explained to Hannah, with Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia. And he does it just to get a huge reward. And then he saves the princess and it's time for him to go and spend his money and live his life. And he's at a crossroads. And it looks like he's going one path as he flies off. But the end, that small nagging in the back of his mind, in the end, the call to good, the call to something greater, won over. And he returned just in time to save the day, to shoot down Darth Vader and the troops that were keeping Luke Skywalker from blowing up the Death Star. I really don't feel bad about spoiling a movie that's been out for 41 years. If, if you haven't seen it yet, then I'm sorry. But we all have those crossroads in our lives. We all have those moments, big and small, when we're called to step out. When we're called to leave our comfort zone. When we're called to venture out in faith. And there will, we will be afraid. We will be anxious. We will be nervous. But we have to trust in God. We have to remember that God is present with us, that God watches over with us. And we have to step out in faith. Amen.